great pleasure to be with you here at Providence. This is my third time here. Um, I'm so thankful for each one that is gathered. And I am from California. And uh, pray for us. Pray hard when you remember us. Lately, I've been thinking, and, and, and most of you know my past. I was not raised Primitive Baptist. I married a little redheaded Primitive Baptist girl who took me to church, and my life was altered uh, immediately. So for the past 40 years, found that out because we just had our 40th anniversary. That's why Brother Philip has gray in his beard because it's been 40 years that we've been knowing the Conleys and they were in California for a while. And I was telling Brother Travis that California has bled a lot of primitive Baptists. Uh, and, but there are a group out there in California and there are those of you that have visited out there who have brought back a great testimony. And that is what's on our mind this afternoon. One of the ministers out in California says this, without a test, there is no testimony. You know, the test comes often at our expense. The testimony is when the Lord passes by. And the Lord blesses us. And I believe last year, we had opportunity to see the miracles of God firsthand in our presence. There's a dear sister whose heart stopped at one point. She prayed to the Lord, I need you and I need you now. And at that moment, she started getting better. I saw her. And then a week later, I went in and saw her, and she is sitting up happy, wanting to sing some hymns. Amen. We know Brother Ricky's story. He was in California the week before that happened. And we knew something was going on with him because he didn't look good. He didn't act like Brother Ricky. He preached like Brother Ricky, but he didn't act like Brother Ricky. And he got back here and we all know what happened. Now the Lord didn't cause those sicknesses. Right. Sin causes those sicknesses. Right. We're temporary beings. Our bodies are temporary. Right. If the earthly house of this tabernacle be dissolved, and I'm going to leave it there because it is being dissolved as we sit here and we speak. Amen. You know, I knew Brother James when he had hair. His earthly hair is leaving him. But that's our but that is not due. Okay, Brother Joe. But that is not he, those things aren't happening at, at God's command. They're happening by nature. And in nature, we're not getting better. We're getting worse. The day we're born, we begin to die. There's this. We're all going to die if we stay here 
long enough for our bodies to dissolve to the point where there's no life in them anymore. So we have trials. We heard that this morning. It was quoted. In the world, ye shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. You know, the tribulations that we go through in this life are necessary in order that we would have testimony that we could testify of the goodness of God in our life. If we never had any trial, there would never be any necessity of God's hand to come upon us and overrule nature. That's what God does. He overrules nature. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. In John, at the end of the 20th chapter, and where Brother uh, Danny just kind of finished up there, and in many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written that you might believe that Jesus is Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through Him. He quoted, I believe, at the start, the preaching of the gospel is unto them, uh, preaching of the gospel is the power of God unto salvation to them that believe. The power of God unto salvation. The gospel does not save you from heaven, but I guarantee you the gospel of Jesus Christ is going to save you from a lot of things that will cause you by nature to have trouble. Amen. And he has overcome these trials of ours. Look at the three children there in the furnace. Right? He didn't put them there, but he certainly overcame nature because there was not a, a singe or a smell of fire on them. And, and also, at that time, the king looked in and there was a fort. Amen. Right? Jesus didn't put them in there, but I'll tell you what, he was in there with them. And... He delivered. You know, we pray for God's deliverance. And and that has been what my prayer is for God's people in their afflictions. But also, uh, sometimes we get a little too haughty because uh, maybe we're being blessed a little too much. And we start thinking of ourselves as being uh, able to just do things on our own. We need deliverance from that too. Amen. We need to be delivered to the mindset that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, plus nothing. These things are written that we would believe that very thing. These are testimonies written in Scripture for our benefit. Jesus said, search the Scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, but they are they that testify of me. Over there on the road to Emmaus, what did he do? Where did he preach from? He says he preached from Moses and the law. He preached himself. Amen. Right? To those two men. You know, and when the Lord opened their eyes to show them who he was, I believe they ran the fastest six-mile race in history to get back to Jerusalem because they wanted to 
testify that they had seen Jesus. Over in the seventh chapter of Luke, we read over here, this is when John had been, John the Baptist had been put in prison. And it says this, Let's read from the 18th verse. And the disciples of John showed him all of these things. What thing? And this rumor of him went forth throughout the Judea and throughout all the regions about. There was this great prophet. And it says, And John calling unto him, two of his disciples sent them to Jesus, saying, Art thou he that should come, or look we for another? Over in the book of Matthew, it calls out, Are you the Christ? You know what Christ is? Christ is the anointed. He wanted more evidence. He had already baptized Jesus, but he was still looking for more evidence that he was the Messiah. You know what? We still are looking to. We are. Uh, if we did not, if, if, if we would absolutely, without hesitation, believe every word of Scripture, and we should, but because of our nature, we have questions. And it says here that uh, when the men come unto him and said, John Baptist has sent us to thee, saying, Art thou he that should come, or look we for another? And at that same hour, right? They're talking to the Lord, and at the same hour, something else is going on. What is it? Uh, It says, uh, Many of their infirmities and plagues and of evil spirits, and unto many that were blind, he gave sight. Then Jesus answered, said unto him, what's he going to do? He's going to send John testimony, eyewitness testimony of things that they saw. And it says here, go go tell them, go your way and tell John what things ye have seen and heard, how that the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, to the poor the gospel is preached, And blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in these things. He gave the blind sight. Lord, help us here for just a little bit. I'd like us to go to the ninth chapter of the book of John. I want to talk about a man who was blind. This man was blind from birth. Okay? But it says, and as Jesus... Passed by. He was already had the infirmity of blindness, and it was from birth. And Jesus passed by. Brother Ricky, and Jesus passed by, but God. Here he is. Jesus passed by, and he saw a man which was blind from his birth, and his disciples asked him, saying, Master, Who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? See the ignorance here? This is is just just plain ignorance. There has to be a reason. And you can see in the self-righteous attitude of the people who are making this statement. Because I'm not blind. I didn't sin. So the first thing they said... Sin, somebody did something. And you know what? Here's a baby born blind, and they're saying he must have sinned in order to be blind. You ever see it? You know, 
of course, the baby comes from, forth from the womb speaking lies. But in this context, isn't it incredibly ignorant of these men to be able to say, you're the cause of your own blindness because you were born blind because you're, you sinned. That, and, and the way it's worded is, he actually performed a, a behavior that was sin. You ever seen a baby born in the... I, I saw both of my sons being born. I was in the delivery room and I didn't need to see either of them sin. Well, they started crying. That was the start of their sin. Help me, help me. But they weren't born that way. And so it says, uh, Jesus answered, Neither hath this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. Jesus is going to use this man and he is going to perform a work. And that work turning into what? A testimony. A testimony of who Jesus is. This is during his ministry when there's many questions and they had many uh, thoughts and, and uh, many divisions of who he was. And he said, I must work the works of him that sent me. Aren't you glad uh, this afternoon that we believe that God sent his only begotten son into this world that whosoever believeth on him uh, should uh, uh, not perish but have eternal life. He was sent from God and he is telling these men uh, that have this ignorant attitude of, about he's going to do a work uh, because of uh, what he was sent to do. Uh, While it is yet day, the night cometh when no man can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. He came and he was the light of men. That's what John said in the first chapter. He is the light in the world. Uh, without the light of Jesus Christ in this world, it's a dark place. His nature is dark. It's the default of nature is darkness. You cannot make light. Uh, 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 you, you cannot make uh, anything darker than dark. Uh, the only way to overcome darkness is with light. You cannot overcome light with darkness. It, it can't be done. Right. Default of our nature is black. It's sin. We're sinners by nature. We're sinners by commission. We're sinners uh, by relation. Uh, and Adam fell. We fell with him. Right. <clears throat> when he had thus spoken, he spat on the ground and made clay of the spittle and he anointed the eyes of the blind a man in the clay. And he said unto him, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is by interpretation sent. He went his way, therefore, and washed and came saying... Now, was this man so uh, had such a desire to have sight, he was willing to do whatever it would take for him to receive the sight? Uh, he did exactly what the Lord had told him to do. He obeyed the Lord. Why did he obey the Lord? I don't know. It doesn't say, but he did. And it says here after he did that, uh, the neighbors, therefore, he says he went uh, his way, therefore, and washed and came sing. So as soon as he washed in the pool of Siloam, washed that clay and spittle off of his eyes, opened them, and he had sight. Uh, if that, it was that profound, that, that immediate. 
Now, I don't believe the Lord needed to make the spittle and clay. And I don't think he needed to go to the pool of Siloam. These things were done that those in in his seeing would have a testimony of what Jesus did. You know, when we're born again of the Spirit of God, we really don't know the moment in time. But in this, by nature, there was a moment when he did not see. And at that moment, when he did what the Lord told him to do, he came seeing. Can you imagine not seeing anything? And you know what? When the Lord does something, he does it all the way. I believe he opened his eyes. He had 2015 vision. That's better than 2020. But he saw everything. And there was no fuzzy in his eye. He came seeing. And he says here, uh, the neighbors therefore, and they which before had seen him that he was blind said, is not this he that sat and begged? Some said, this is he. Others said, he is like him. But he said, I am he. There's his first testimony. I am he. I'm the one that was blind. I'm the one that was begging. I'm not another. It's me. And then he says, Therefore said they unto him, How were thine eyes open? He answered and said, A man, a man that is called Jesus, made clay and anointed my eyes and said unto me, Go to the pool of Siloam and wash. And I went and washed and I received sight. There's a man named Jesus. Brethren, we have a man named Jesus still making intercession for us. We have a man named Jesus that is still walking by. We have a man that is still healing our infirmities. That we will have testimony That He is what? The Christ. He is the Anointed One. He is the Son of God. And it goes on here. And it says, They said unto Him, Where is He? He said, I know not. Jesus isn't one to hang around and take glory, is He? Jesus does what He does. The work that He's sent to do. And He's about His Father's business. He's not about puffing Himself up and making a name. But Jesus... They brought to the Pharisees him that aforetime was blind. And it was the Sabbath day when Jesus made the clay and opened his eyes. Here we go. We cannot testify that this man did this thing. They were already all freaked out about this man is going to steal their place. You know? The high priest said, you know, it's better for one to die than for us to lose a whole nation. And it says here, Then again the Pharisees also asked him how he had received his sight. He said unto him, He put clay upon my eyes, and I washed and do see. You know, telling the truth is easy. You know, he's not going to change his story. He's going to tell them exactly what occurred. And they're going to do everything that they can to ruin his name, ruin his uh, everything about it. Because these things cannot be true. 
And it says, therefore said some of the Pharisees, this man is not of God, right? They're going to immediately go back to that self-serving, pharisaical, self-righteous attitude. He said, he said unto them, uh, uh, therefore this man is not of God because he keepeth not the Sabbath day. <laughs> he worked on the Sabbath, but he must not be of God because we know we don't work on the Sabbath day. Others said, how can a man that is a sinner do such miracles? And there was a division among them. They're calling Christ a sinner. A sinner cannot do miracles. That's a true statement. The sinner. And, and they testify he's a sinner. And he is already before them overcame nature. By giving a blind man sight, the blind man says he did it, and this is how he did it. He tells the Pharisees the same thing. They rebut. No, he did it on the Sabbath day. can't be true. Plus, he's a sinner. They said unto the blind man again, What sayest thou of him that he had opened thine eyes? He said, He's a prophet. Well, okay. Here we are. God gave the power uh, to the apostles and some of the prophets and they performed miracles in the name of Christ. Not in their own name. He's a prophet, okay? Now he's going to say this, but the Jews did not believe concerning him that he had been blind and received his sight until they had called the parents of him that received his sight. And they asked them, saying, is this, not, is this your son, whom you say was born blind? How then now does he see? And his parents answered and said, we know that this is our son and that he was born blind. There's a testimony that that's true. But by what means he now seeth, we know not. Nor who hath opened his eyes, we know not. He is of age. Ask him, he shall speak for themselves. So... Here now is a man who says Jesus did this. He's a prophet. The, pro the, the Pharisees are saying, no, he was, did it on the Sabbath, and, and, and he's a sinner. And he asks him again. He tells him the same thing over again. Asks his parents. His parents do say, yeah, he's our son. He was, but we don't know how, even though their son had told them what happened. They threw their son under the bus. They, they really did. They threw their son under the bus. These words spake his parents because, listen to this, they feared the Jews, for the Jews had already agreed that if any man did confess that he was Christ, he should be put out of the synagogue. You know, at that time, if you were put out of the synagogue... You were a, yours as a leper. Nobody wanted anything to do with you. And his parents would rather throw him under the bus than to have that, to stick up for their own son and be thrown out of the synagogue and, and made an outcast. Therefore said his parents, he is of age, ask him. Then again called they the man who was blind. He said, go uh, unto him. Give God the praise. We know that this man is a sinner. He answered and said, Whether he is a sinner or no, I know not. One thing I know, that whereas I was blind, now I see there's the testimony of what happened again. He's not changing his testimony. 
the truth is easy to repeat. Because when you start adding something or embellishing something, you've got to start remembering a lot more in order you're going to be tripped up. You know, my, my son is a law enforcement officer. You know what they do? They'll question a suspect. A little while later, they'll bring him in. Brother Mark knows this, and they'll ask him the same questions. And by the third or fourth time they do it, they're going to pretty much find out if the guy's telling the truth or if he's lying. Because after that third or fourth time, they can't keep the lies straight. But if they're telling the truth, the truth will be the same every time. He's telling the truth. He's not changing the story. He's not embellishing it. Not saying that he had something to do with getting his sight back. No, this man Jesus, this prophet, I know not if he's a sinner. I don't know uh, uh, all these things, but I know this. I was blind, and now I see. Amen. Hmm. Then they said unto him, again, what did he to thee? How opened he thine eyes? Listen to this. He answered them, I have told you already. And ye did not hear. Wherefore would ye hear it again? Will you also be his disciples? <laughs> How many times do I have to tell you the same thing? If you don't believe me now, you're not going to believe me later. Right. Isn't that what the Lord told them over there with the rich man Lazarus? If a, a man, uh, if you will not hear Moses... Uh, how are you going to believe a man that rose from the dead? You know, we get ourselves locked in to what we want to believe. And one of the blessings that I have received in the gospel is reading these testimonies. But these testimonies that are in the gospel are also added to in our very time by the things that we witness uh, to our loved ones around us. Last year was a tough year. Sister Cheryl Brown, she, she had a hard time. I found myself crying and weeping openly because I was afraid for her. Me of little faith, brother. And then... Brother Ricky and Brother Curry. We, we had several last year. That there is only one explanation for all three of them. Is that the Lord overcame nature. And now we have in our very midst testimony that Jesus is the Christ. The Son of the living God. And He's still walking by. You know, a lot of times we pray and we ask God for what we want and we tell Him how we want it. That's not faith. That's not faith. When we pray, we pray that God would deliver. We don't tell Him how to do the deliverance. Amen. We may interject if it be not asking too much. Would you return their health unto them or... But you know something about deliverance? Whether 
God and, and Jesus intervenes in nature and overrules nature and heals us in our natural body. Or if he calls us home, we're delivered and we're healed. Amen. We're going to be healed. It may not be on this side of glory, but we're going to be healed. David said he's going to see his face in righteousness. And he'll be satisfied. Amen. Job said the, the, the worms are going to consume me. Uh, uh, but in my body, I'm going to see my Lord. He's going to see him with his eyes and not another. Job's long ago gone home to be with the Lord and he's in his body and, uh, and his eyes are beholding his Lord. Amen. You know, I don't know how to separate the time and our resurrection when we all go home to be with the Lord and when we're with the Lord in glory. The Lord knows. But Job said he would. He'd see that. And he knew it. And he had faith in God's operation. But this man, then they reviled him. Right? They could not disprove because there was witnesses to what happened. There was witnesses to the truth. So what do they have to do? They have to go after the man's name. They reviled him. They didn't disprove the truth. They ruined the man. They reviled him. And said, thou art his disciple. But we are Moses' disciples. That sounds like they're bragging. But they have decided. They had made the decision. They weren't going to change their mind. They were going to follow Moses. Regardless of the evidence. Regardless of the evidence. They were going to follow Moses. They were going to follow that old law. The self-righteousness that there is uh, in the law. The keeping of the law. I remember uh, uh, in scripture where it talks about uh, this uh, Pharisee who stood on the street uh, praying unto himself. And then he looks over uh, uh, at that uh, publican in the corner and says, I'm not like him. I do all these things. I'm so good. But I'll tell you what, that publican would so not, not so much as lift his eyes up to heaven, but smote upon his breast and cried, God be merciful to me, a sinner. Amen. Which of those two went up to his house justified? I'll tell you, it was the sinner because Jesus Christ came to save sinners. And if you do not uh, uh, consider yourself uh, this morning uh, a sinner, uh, Jesus didn't come for you. But he came to save sinners. And he did. And he accomplished what the Father sent him to do. Because uh, God looked upon the travail of his soul. And he was satisfied. And that third morning, Jesus came uh, forth from that tomb. Victorious over that grave. We know that God spake unto Moses. It's for this fellow we know not from whence he is. The man answered and said unto them, why herein is a marvelous thing that you know not from whence he is, and yet he hath opened mine eyes. Now we know that God heareth not sinners, but if any man be a worshiper of God and doeth his will, him he heareth. Since the world began, was it not heard that any man opened the eyes of one that was born blind? Never heard of before. Never saw somebody that was blind from birth who could now see. This was a first 
lifetime occurrence. This is testimony put in place because uh, that Jesus uh, had healed this blind man. And he says, go tell John I've done this. This is a testimony for us that Jesus has done this. And only him that is sent from God is able to do such things. If this man were not of God, he could do nothing. (laughs) Amen? If he's not of God, he could not do these things. They answered and said unto him, Thou wast altogether born in sin, and dost thou teach us? And they cast him out. He believed this. The blind man believed that the truth was more important than standing there and lying and being able to sit there in the synagogue with a bunch of other liars. And Jesus is now going to bless this man in his obedience and holding fast the truth that this is what happened, that this man, Jesus, a prophet, Put that, uh, told me to do these things, uh, and now I see. And Jesus heard that they had cast him out. And when he had found him, he said unto him, Dost thou believe on the Son of God? Dost thou believe on the Son of God? Well, there's one way we know. Because Peter was asked, Whom do you say that I am? The Lord asked Peter. Peter's answer said, Thou art the Christ. The Son of the living God and the Lord told Peter, Flesh and blood hath not revealed that unto thee, but my Father from heaven. This blind man uh, was already born again of the Spirit of God. He knew some things. He was a truthful man. And now he's asked by Jesus, uh, uh, Do you believe on the name of the Son of God? And he answered and said, Who is he, Lord, that I might believe on him? What did the Lord say concerning belief? Believing. So what, uh, he was asked, what must we do to do the work of God? And says, this is the work of God, that you believe on Him that He has sent. That we would believe on the name of Jesus Christ. That's a work for us to do. You don't think this was a work that this blind, uh, the one that was blind from birth was doing? Uh, it was a work uh, because he was telling the truth and he was not going to sway from the truth or be offended in the truth. Uh, he was going to be uh, a, a testimony to God. Amen. And it says here, Who is he, Lord, that I might believe on him? How would you like this to happen to you? Being truthful. Putting all things aside for the truth's sake. And Jesus said unto him, Thou hast both seen him, and it is he that talketh with thee. And he said, Lord, I believe. And he worshiped him. The gospel in our life should cause activity. Because the gospel is the testimony of Jesus Christ that we would believe on his name. And when you believe on his name, you'll hear him. And when he did, what did he do? He worshiped. Hearing and believing the gospel and the salvation for us here in time that is in it, that the truth 
Uh, and he says that the truth shall set you free. I'm going to close with a, an account. And I hopefully this will help you see what I've seen in my time studying Scripture, believing Scripture, rejoicing in Scripture, the testimonies that we have in Scripture, the testimonies God has blessed us with in our very presence, in our very life. And I believe there's going to be more. God gives us plenty of opportunities for us to have in order that we would have testimony. But be, but be aware. With testimony, you're going to have a test. The test might not seem comfortable at first. But afterwards it says, it bringeth forth the peaceable fruits of righteousness. When I was, when my mother passed, several years ago now, my wife and I were with her. She was in a hospital bed under hospice care in a room, and my wife and I were sitting there on a the couch with her. And she got up out of bed, walked to the bathroom, came back and told us that she just didn't feel very well. Didn't feel very well. She got back in bed. Moments later, my wife said, she just, she's gone. My wife is a nurse. She understands what it looks like. She's gone. And my mom had passed that quick. My mom was blind. She was deaf. She was lame. She was in a wheelchair. She was 82 years old. And I got up and I walked out in this little lobby area and sat down on a couch because my wife comes out and sits down next to me. Now remember what Jesus says he told John. He healed, he gave sight to the blind, caused the deaf to hear, healed the lame. My wife sat down and put her arm around me. Still have a hard time many years later. Not because my mom's gone, because my mom is there. She says to me, Mom's not blind anymore. Mama's not deaf anymore. And Mama's walking with Jesus. You see, if you believe the testimonies of Scripture, it will save you from the heartache of not knowing what occurs when your loved ones pass. But the gospel and the testimony of Jesus Christ will lift you above those time and temporal things. My daughter-in-law, she has not had an upbringing in Scripture. And her father passed here recently. Came over and talked with us. And she couldn't be comforted. There was no comfort. Until... Her eight-year-old little boy goes up and says, it's okay, Mama. We're going to see Grandpa again. Mm. <laughs> Out of the mouth of babes. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Amen.